Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast, episode 252. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two other longtime co-hosts, Ryan Hello. and Ray. What's up, dudes? What's up, indeed? This week, we have decided to finally take a look at the long-delayed, in some cases long-awaited, 20th Century Fox film, The New Mutants. Uh, this movie was originally announced in 2015 was supposed to release in 2018 and got delayed multiple times uh, due to lots of factors, mainly the Disney acquisition of 20th Century Fox and then the pandemic. So it came out in August 2020, and we're just now checking it out because it is available for some reason on HBO Max. <laughs> uh, so if you want to watch that, it's it's available there for you. Uh, before we kick things off with the review and discussion, is there anything else you guys want to talk about today? I could have sworn you had something like, okay, explain the Discovery AT&T merger for me because I'm not sure I give a crap. And you have a way of explaining things that makes me give a crap. Okay, so, so long story short, AT&T purchased Time Warner uh, back in 2018 is when the merger completed. It was a very big deal. A lot of people were concerned that it didn't make sense and AT&T had too many other things going on. Well, it turns out that we were right to be concerned. And so Discovery, which owns like the Discovery Channel and some other nature animal type related programming will be merging with a spun off part of AT&T, which is essentially the Time Warner, Warner Media stuff, not everything, but most of everything to create a brand new massive media organization. Uh, it does mean that certain things are going to be split apart. So WB Games, which is the video game division, will not be moved over in one chunk. Some of it will stay with AT&T to make things more complicated. But this does mean that Warner Brothers, as we know it, 
which includes DC Entertainment, HBO Max, all that good stuff that's been just so steady and consistent <laughs> over the last four years is going to be shaken up yet again. Do you think it could be a good thing for them? In the short term, no. In the long term, yes. Right. AT&T okay. was, a, was a bad purchase decision they should at&t didn't really have a good reason to do this other than money and it was in over their heads so yes in the long term i think there's there's good possibilities here but in the short term i mean it's going to be just a massive shuffling around of people people will lose their jobs projects will be canceled delayed indefinitely or butchered because of the process you know we'll get to conversations like that when we talk about new mutants later it's just it's a very complicated deal to merge any company let alone things that are this large so in the, sh- in the short term i'm definitely concerned about hbo max and all of like the shows we like like doom patrol and titans and you know the upcoming green lantern series that we've we've mentioned a few times all of these things are now you know who knows they may not be necessarily in flux from a viewership standpoint but they definitely are behind the scenes right okay thank you <laughs> this yeah. has been lessons with Derek on business media. And, and, and just to throw this cherry on top, Amazon is apparently in talks to purchase MGM for $9 billion. So that's another thing that might happen. You know what Amazon could do? They could pl- uh, pay, their pay their fucking taxes. employees. <laughs> oh. Either both of those things. I think they should do both of those things before they buy a movie studio. But that's just me. Or go to space. <laughs> I mean, they're doing that too. That's on the table. So, yeah, it's it's a weird time. I definitely have concerns. Uh, it's similar concerns that we had when we talked about the Disney acquisition of 20th Century Fox and what that might do to the X-Men. So that leads into our conversation this week. Uh, I think that, you know, it's a complicated situation. And let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the new mutants. Well, for the last... I want to say since Days of Future Past, really, uh, the X-Men films have been absolutely butchered by studio involvement. Like, there's no way around it. They totally have. Yeah. Well, New Mutants is like a perfect storm of problems. So Josh Boone, this is your spoiler warning for the New Mutants. Uh, Josh Boone, who wrote, co-wrote and directed the film, uh, he originally wanted to do like a real horror take, a legitimate like adult R-rated horror take. And the studio was like, no, 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 has to be PG-13, dial it back. We want this to appeal to young audiences. So that was like red flag number one, right? But then you brought in the Disney acquisition and Disney more or less put a hold on like everything that was going on at the time. So reshoots that were supposed to take place, reshoots that a lot of people thought took place, were scheduled for months and months and months and never actually happened. By the time they could get around to performing the reshoots, the whole production agreed that the actors who are not as young as the movie portrays them to be, but are still on the younger side, had aged too much for reshoots. Mm -hmm. So the crazy thing is this movie is actually the original version of the movie. Which is absolutely bananas. (laughs) Uh, I I did some reading into this because I was also I was under the impression that this was a similar situation to Fantastic Four, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, where the studio just went in and butchered it and there was a bunch of reshoots and everything. And while the studio wanted 
to do a lot of those things. Um, a, they did not blame Josh Boone. There was no blame on the director. It was more well, creative, nice. creative differences rather than blaming, but they just never had the opportunity to do it because of the Disney acquisition. So this movie got delayed for basically two and a half years and we got the original version of the movie anyway, which is just just kind of bonkers to think about. Yeah. So going into this, did either of you know anything about the New Mutants or New Mutants in the comics that takes Rachel like, did. Rachel did Ryan know? No. Okay. Just just checking. Me neither. Me neither. So Ray, um, were you like were you excited that they were doing a New Mutants project? Was this a group of characters you wanted to see? Yes, yes, absolutely. So these it, as you got into the 80s and 90s uh, comic books, the X-Men got really weird and they started thinking about the larger picture. So we got uh, characters with these dangerous power sets that could not be necessarily toned down when it came to uh, their powers. They, they had to be, you know, locked up and uh, which is the initial inspiration for uh, the movie, as well as some of the uh, characters in this. Uh, frankly, the X-Men basically has a cast of, if you combine the Avengers and Guardians and the Marvel Cosmos and the Fantastic Four, the X-Men just by itself, the mutants have enough people to go one-to-one -one with them it's an insane amount of characters and frankly i was just excited to have something other than you know wolverine and cyclops because there's so much cool unique stuff out there that we've just barely scratch the surface and i'm a little bit bummed about the mutants joining the mcu because we're gonna get the big characters that everybody knows everybody has known forever and it'll take a very long time to get back to this spot so i am i i was really looking forward to this uh just because of all the doors it could have opened so it's incredibly disappointing on multiple levels to me <laughs> That's fair. Uh, without really knowing much about the, the new mutants going into it, I still had a lot of the hopes that you did in that these were new, fresh characters and the tone of the film seemed different. Yeah, I like the idea of it being darker. I like the idea of it being a little disconnected from the, the weird timey wimey continuity that we have with the other X-Men films. So I was looking forward to all of those things. This movie, uh, I think, meant well as is the best way to to put it i think that they had a good idea that was just executed poorly for a multitude of reasons yeah yeah i think i i, I liked the idea of this movie more than i actually liked the movie mm -hmm. um I, I think to touch back on your point derek about the director wanting to do a uh horror based movie i think they were probably right to not let him do a horror-based movie. At this point, 
I mean, I would have loved to see a horror-based movie, but when you're talking about the name of the director, the only real movie that he's known for other than New Mutants is The Fault in Our Stars, which is a YA movie. So, you know, trying to let a director who's never done horror do horror with a large property like X-Men is, I don't know, it's questionable. So I don't, and maybe he would have done great because he also uh, has worked on The Stand since then but uh you know and i've heard that's very good but yeah um yeah i don't know i i don't think it was necessarily wrong on the studio to uh let not let him do a full horror movie i totally agree with that i think the majority of people who especially aren't like big horror junkies will look at a horror film and probably assume that it's bad anyway because horror is a very easy jumping off genre to get into as a new director a new writer you just throw some blood in there and a small indie company may pick you up and distribute it and you know that gets your foot in the door whether or not it's bad you know so many directors and actors get their start in the horror genre and we as viewers just like there there are thousands of horror films every year and we just kind of pass them all off and we talk about the amazing ones the ones that transcend the genre and define the genre but we forget about the others whereas bad comic book movies we still talk about you know it as a horror film, this could have slipped right under the radar and we may not even have paid attention to it. Whereas, you know, a good comic book movie goes down in his reference just like any other good movie, but so is a bad comic book movie because we have, it's still a newer genre. It's got the least amount of movies when you compare it to all the other ones. So we we'll we'll be able to compare and contrast a lot easier than we would horror but the the weird thing is is that the the marketing for the movie did not make it look like a ya movie it made it look like a horror movie so it's a weird contrast there yeah and and that that confuses a lot of people right like we've we've had issues with marketing in in things before one movie i tend to bring up is white house down where like the first trailer made it look like an olympus has fallen a very serious hardcore like political drama and then you get the second trailer which makes it look like bad boys meets die hard and that's what it is right and so whoever cuts the trailer really sets the tone for expectation going into it and the poster art was no different the the new mutants poster art was all done in an edgier not necessarily brutal horror but definitely horror-esque in its design right with the the font style being like it's scratched into the walls and you know the whole uh, using pink uh, rendition of Pink Floyd's another brick in the wall for the trailer, like trying to make it seem like they're trapped in there. It was done very much in a horror vein. So if you went into the movie expecting it to be a horror movie, I don't blame you. That's what they told you it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and PG-13 horror is just not easy to do unless it's it's very psychological. Otherwise, you're you're expecting you know more serious stuff and you know this movie i guess you know dr ray is more cerebral the horror than than you know 
yeah, it wasn't just like gore porn or anything. Cause you can't really do that in a PG 13 movie. Exactly. I was gonna say like Dr. Reyes is really the only one who gets like physically messed up where you see blood and, and, and cuts and stuff other than, you know, maybe one other moment um, in the movie and the rest of it. Yeah. It's all in their heads. Right. Which that like, I, this goes back to what Ryan said. Like The idea is good. I like the idea of this movie. I like the idea that, you know, one mutant has this ability to make people's dreams or nightmares in this case realized and what, how we can twist experiences into what our nightmares become is a really cool idea. I just think it was really clunky. And then you end it with the very stereotypical cloud with a face. Yeah. That's defeated by somebody being like, no, (laughs) no bad doggy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so like, I was just waiting for this climactic battle and I was, I I didn't realize it was going to be the bear until probably much later than I should have, because I don't think I wanted to believe that that's what it was, but like, you couldn't even realize the whole bear. It was like 90% cloud. And then it had a bear's face. Because it was a spirit bear, Derek. Sure. That's the reason. Exactly. I will say to their credit, 80 to 90% of the movie was done practically without green screens. And I do appreciate their attempt to do that. You know, the bears, obviously CGI, uh, Ileana's arm and sword and, you know, and little dragon are obviously CGI, but basically the rest of the movie was done in uh, practical effects. And so I do appreciate their attempt to stay kind of grounded, you know, kind of more Wes Craven style. That's not hard when the majority of the film is spent in cages and, you know, rooms like they're in a cafeteria, they're in a game room, like most of the stuff is just them sitting around talking. So, I mean, as cool as that is, just saying that when you break it down, it's like, all right, buddy, you didn't have much to do to begin with. So, I mean, that's true. It's just when I start seeing behind the scenes stuff on like major Marvel and DC productions now, like everything is green screened. Like, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like even just normal scenes that you think are taking place in a street somewhere are green screened now. And so I'm sure there's a reason for that. I'm sure it's cost effective or time effective or something, but to know that they at least were tr- like, it was filmed in an actual hospital uh, in a single location and, and all of those things. And I appreciated the scope and the scale of the movie. Right. I mean, like there's really only what six characters of any real value in the entire film. Yeah. And, that, and they're fairly young. I mean, Macy Williams is really the only one with like a big acting background going into the movie. Um, obviously the rest have started to do stuff since they filmed this. Um, but you know, it was, it was a small cast to really put a lot of weight on. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, in this case, maybe the latter. What'd you guys think of the cast? Uh, aside from Blue Hunt, I thought everybody was really good. I don't think uh, the actress that portrayed uh, Mirage or Danny was very good and 
I'm not even sure if what material she had was good enough, but she was mainly the exposition character. Uh, she's the audience fill in where like everybody explains stuff to her and it just didn't come out well Uh, but everybody else was pretty fun some of their accents like everybody was sporting an accent that they don't normally have and all of them dropped it at one point or another like I never want to hear shit about Elizabeth Olsen's accent again as Wanda because at least it's consistent through each movie that she's in it starts <laughs> off and ends at the same but here they couldn't even do that it's like nope can't say this word in this accent so just gonna skip it but it also yeah. was weird that they all had accents because there's not really a reason for them to uh, other than like to I guess give us the uh, the feeling that they're from all over the world but that doesn't change anything in the story right and so there's not really a good explanation for why you needed that extra work that extra layer yeah either way they're in an undisclosed area right you know we don't know where they are and specifically dr cecilia reyes has it set up like that uh that's totally on purpose but they could all have been talking in you know, ancient Latin, and it would have made zero difference. So why? Why? I mean, I would have been impressed <laughs> if they were doing that, frankly. But yeah, it doesn't change the story that they're from different places, right? It doesn't matter. It matters what, you know, it matters that, um, you know, Sam worked in a mine, right? It matters oh. that Rain is from a very deeply religious uh, Catholic family. Those things matter. Their countries of origins are irrelevant. I find Rain's thing a little weird because, like, she was her family was deeply religious, and then like she got attacked by a priest. All right. right. So and in then the comics, magically she's okay with priests and being religious again. Like that priest is her father. In I mean, the that comics. doesn't make it really any better or worse. It's just well. It- it does for a couple reasons, you know, it's a lot easier to uh, break away from something when it's a stranger, but when it's ingrained into like everything since the day you were born, it's a little more upsetting. I think that the director could have pushed the boundaries and had that priest be her father. I mean, honestly, I don't know the whole thing, whether it was a stranger or her father, it still turned out a little weird to me that she'd still be like deeply religious after being attacked by somebody who has been set up to be somebody extremely important in her life. I don't know. For me, for me, it didn't work very well. I am happy that they didn't touch on the fact that homosexuality is conflicting with Catholicism. I'm glad that as a character, they kept that separate. Yeah, she seemed very accepting and not like troubled at all about this. Like this is something that is just normal to her. So yeah, yeah she was more nice. upset by the fact that she masturbated a couple times. Yeah. 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 I'm, I mean, yeah, as, as somebody who's not particularly religious myself, it's hard for me to really know how a person would react in that situation. I do know that some people move farther into 
uh, a religion when traumatic things happen because it's a way for them to grapple with the situation and uh, come to terms with the situation because it's uh, something that's outside of their control, right? That's one of the big things about religion is that it can help explain the unexplainable or, you know, that, that type of thing. And so I could see a kid, you know, cause she's supposed to be like 16, even though she was like 20 at the time, um, you know, a 16 year old who has been, you know, abused by whether it's her father or just another priest, you know, she may have just had no other coping mechanism. I'm sure well, there's real life psychological reasons. I'm just saying for me yeah. in this, it was not, it didn't really make much sense. Uh, his character in the comics is much bigger because he's also one of the leaders of the purifiers. And I, that is a group of villains I've wanted them to do for a long time in the comics uh, or, or excuse me, in the movies, because they're basically the Westboro Baptist Church only for uh, mutants. And they're incredibly violent and scary and I think this is a, you know, time where that would work. That's fair. Um, you know, the other characters, I mean, Sam is obviously a very tragic story, right? His, his powers go off in the mine and he kills his father and several other people. Uh, that's pretty straightforward, you know, explains why he's there, why he wants to be there, why he feels guilty and, and things of that nature. Um, so I felt like his was just very kind of more by the numbers mm-hmm. rather than, you know, a little bit more complex. But he sold it. I actually thought him and uh, Maisie did the best job with their characters. Ileana, yeah, is that the girl with the arm? Yes. I mean, she's fine, I guess. I really wanted to like her because like dragon is cool. Right. And like freaking awesome metal arm and awesome looking sword is really cool. But then she's just like, super racist and you know mostly evil because of trauma but that doesn't change the fact that she's evil or or like definitely leaning towards the darker side so that was disappointing and maybe she's that way in the comics but it was really hard to like her at all i actually don't remember if she was kind of racist in the comics but everything that she did up until like the lie detector test i was not up until like the third act of the film basically yeah well because the rest of the characters all five of them have been through shit that's the whole point right is that they they've come from something pretty uh, traumatic she's the only one killed people yep and she's the only one who's like actively mean and cruel and just a bad person on purpose everybody else's thing was self-defense or an accident you know because they didn't know how to control their powers she like wants to hurt people and that may be a defense mechanism like ryan said but that doesn't make it okay Uh, okay she was sexually trafficked like yes she was a child and trafficked like yes i i think they all dealt with their stuff in very different ways you know clearly uh sam guthrie cannonball he is purposely hurting himself he is wanting to kill himself with his powers it's a slow process but he's doing it like they they're all showing different ways of coping and yeah iliana's makes us not like her at first but the more we get to know her the 
better it is and the more I'm okay with it. Honestly, like it, any person can tell me that they were, you know, trafficked and sexually molested. And if they were like, and then I killed 18 men who were responsible, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. I don't blame her for her reaction to those events at all. I just meant these five kids are trapped in this place together. And you know, for most of the movie, she wants to make it as difficult a time for the rest of them as possible. That's all I meant. Did you guys maybe you covered this when I had to take my headset off for a second, but cover the fact that like they four of the five or however many they were like all have been together presumably for a little while and yet they're acting like they don't know each other at all. Like they're asking really basic questions to each other that you would ask me like first meet somebody. And it's, yeah. I know why they did it because we don't know those characters, but right. like it just came across really weird. She's the new character, but there's even interactions that happen when she's not even around that act like they don't really know each other at all. Yeah. It's a really good point. It is very unclear to me how long they've been there. It seems like maybe at least Sam has been with other people who are now gone. Um, Cause he wants to be, he's the only one who thinks he deserves to be there or wants to be there. Uh, you know, obviously that's survivor's guilt, but still um, yeah, I don't, I, time is very like i don't even know how much time passes in the movie that we see let alone how the rest of it works it's very unclear and that that's not a good thing you want to talk about unclear we haven't even hit the most unclear part yet <laughs> when uh -oh. she's getting i can't remember exactly how it happened i just watched this like yesterday or two days ago so and i can't remember things that's how forgettable it was but there was the scene where they're like seeing she's like seeing visions of Essex and like not where it's not the X-Men that they're going to join those though that footage was straight out of Logan yeah and Logan is supposed to be way in the future right mm -hmm. so talk about confusing timeline like what the hell man yeah they basically took that Mexican uh facility from Logan and turned it into Mr. Senators uh, Senators Mr. Sinisters I mean it works both uh, ways right yeah the sinister senator um yeah facility and frankly that's I'm okay with it for one reason only and that's because the comics kind of just have Mr. Senator uh, gosh, <laughs> Mr. Sinister focus on two different things. One is, uh, you know, he's Apocalypse's lackey. And the other one is he's obsessed with Jean Grey and Cyclops for some reason. Like, well, But wasn't Essex the villain in the Logan movie too? No, not really. Was it, was it not? It's teased. Essex is teased yeah. a couple of times in the x-men films but nothing ever comes to fruition and so this movie was intended to be mainly disconnected and the essex crossover was like the most that we were going to get from that we were supposed there were supposed to be a t a, a post-credit scene with more with mr sinister uh and things of that nature but when the disney acquisition happened it was the production determined that a sequel was fairly unlikely, so they decided not to do it. But otherwise, the whole other than like the cell phone, 
that we get like in one scene the rest of it's done in such a way where you have no idea when or where it takes place and it could be anywhere it could even be in the mcu for that matter because nothing connects outside of that hospital because the one doctor has a force field over the whole thing yeah right. and even though one character can literally teleport somehow she can't teleport outside the force field man that bothered me so much that bothered me so much that she can do that she can hop dimensions but she can't hop to the other side of the fence the field i just don't i don't buy that i don't believe that that makes no sense yeah it would have been many things in the movie right like it would have been better if they had if she like if her power was instead you know to maybe manipulate the ground and the thing was like up on like a giant you know uh cliff or something that was surrounded by cliffs and if you fell you would die right so they they're stuck that would be at least more believable because maybe she can only teleport if she can see the destination or something like you know yeah exactly and so in that case that she's stuck fine at least they've done that but yeah that bothered me yeah, that was a yeah. poor choice. But her character has a lot of those issues, though, and it's not the actor's fault at all. This is all about the writing. Like, and and Chat brought up two of these things, and I'm glad that they did because I wanted to talk about both of them. One is the spray paint that she uses. Where the hell did that come from? And the second is the whatever she uses to drug Doctor Reyes. How does she get a, a hold of these things? There's got to be some supplies coming in and out. Like they have to eat. They have to get a new supply of toilet paper at some point. So you're saying so, that the, they just like put in an order for some roofies to, no, you know what I mean? I like, imagine that there is some sort of smuggling. I'm not saying that it's roofies. I'm not saying that it's spray paint. I'm saying that there's not an endless supply of food there. You're probably right, but like, the fact that isn't just like you're just accepted like not you but we're just supposed to accept <laughs> the fact that there's now spray paint and drugs or something like that inside this place that's supposed to be blocked off and there's literally oh that's the other thing why is there only one adult here and zero security anywhere yeah. because if there was security then there wouldn't be shit for a movie well, it's also a very large complex when yeah. in the scene where they're up on the clock tower, you get a pretty good shot. There's like six different buildings and there's six people in the entire facility. It's very strange. Like, I get that they wanted to keep it small scale. I, I get that. But I think they kept it too small scale for the setting yeah, that they built. Not even having background actors. Like, if you... This movie is basically if you guys recall glass it's I recall it, it, yeah yeah it's basically <laughs> basically glass and even they had the smart idea to have orderlies in the background and somebody watching the cameras and you know it wasn't just the one doctor and the crazy patients because you know i don't care how powerful you are as a mutant Five against one is a tricky number. And especially when one can literally control someone's nightmares, you know. Yeah. Also, maybe... like, how does she maintain the force field when she falls asleep or gets right? roofied? You know what I mean? They're, they're like, oh, let's just, like, go dance in the rain instead of, like, hey, let's book it out of here because now she's drugged. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, it's so weird. 
Well, there are definite issues that they did not major pay attention issues. to. We're yes. not like nitpicking plot no. holes here. It's like big no. stuff. But going back to Ileana, like she's killed like, right. She killed like 18 people, right? That's what she said. Why not just kill Dr. Reyes after you drugged her then and then leave? Yeah. Or overdose her, right? Give her too much so she dies. And then maybe you just she will leave. secretly wants to be there. I mean, maybe, but they leave at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. That's just you know? the only thing I can possibly think of. Also, like, yeah, she makes that, she has that line where I killed 18 men or whatever. And then that never really pays off. You get like one scene where she kills like three of those weird face things and that's it. And okay. So we're supposed to believe that you're some crazy badass. Well, and she I does guess fight she, the bear for a she while. She fights the bear, but like she gets her ass kicked pretty easily. Well, Even she's with on this her own. dragon. Sure, but like she's, she can teleport to alternate dimensions and shit like that. And she wasn't I, on her own because other people came out and helped her. And the I gotta one imagine got this and then was fine. The first time any of them have fought a bear. <laughs> a sure, giant demon bear. Sure. Okay. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. And probably the only time they're ever going to fight a giant demon bear. But she seems so confident going into She's like, she's like I'm going to handle this. And then she inst- walked, instead of walking out, teleports into an alternate dimension and then comes out by the bear. But um I mean, she holds it off for a, for most of that climactic fight, right? Because most of the fight is spent with Danny being unconscious and Rain desperately trying to wake her up. That's the bulk of that fight. God, that was what's annoying. What's a wolf going to do? What's a wolf going to do against the giant spirit bear? I, I'm not disagreeing that it, it's, it's probably not going to go well, right? I'm just saying Ileana was mostly on her own for that fight, especially because Roberto doesn't even really use his powers until the bear is already in the church. Yeah. So can I just say how much it really bothered me uh, seeing Rain's transformation? I, I really like, come on. American Werewolf was made on a similar budget I would have hired way like, before this movie. The best guy be like, all right, you see that? We're doing it with Maisie Williams. Just don't give the wolf boobs for no reason. Like that's that Just, in between was so annoying. It was so weird. And she had like patches of like sideburns. Yes. Now I know. did love when the eyes glowed after the kiss. Like that was adorable. That was adorable. I know so many buys and pans and lesbians who would love a little wolfy girlfriend, but that like the in between was just rough. I mean, even the final result though is like barely a wolf. You know what I mean? Like her wolf. It's not even like a dire wolf. Right. Her dire wolf wolf. on Game of Thrones is so much cooler looking. (laughs) That is comic accurate. She can be. A human, a werewolf, and a wolf. Okay, so here's the thing. That's this where they movie, decided to stick to the comics. Yeah, they right. Should have, they should have just known. The whole thing would have been spoiled. They would have known they're not going to be X-Men if they just looked at her power. Because there's no way turning into a normal fucking wolf is going to be an X-Men level power. Like, let's get real. X-Men have had some crazy, you know, characters. But nothing that that's weaker than probably the weakest X-Men I can think of. It's it's fair. I, I was disappointed in that. And the and werewolf that, stage is a lot better. But we didn't see that, did we? Not really. 
So as yeah. far as what I saw in the movie, like there's no way she's anywhere near powerful enough. It's a cool power. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a neat power. It's just not like X-Men level power. And she well, was a cool I, character. She's probably my yeah. favorite in the movie. She's definitely my favorite character in the movie. But even if you had made her a, a, a dire wolf, something oversized or whatever, I get that that's not comic accurate, but most of the movie's not comic accurate. So yeah. like that's not the place to draw the line. Because you're doing make her you know, a dire wolf, so it's big. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. If, if you know, that's that's not where you draw the line in the sand. <laughs> is well, that's how it is in the comics when you've ignored it for the rest of the movie. Agree. <laughs> uh, also, like that fire dude, he just got smashed on the ground by the spirit bear and like stops moving. But yeah, he's, dude he's had fine, zero like, fight. Minutes. Yeah, he, he was he's fine. Like five minutes later, once they beat the wolf, he's like, hey, let's go, let's go, leave this place. Also, why does he do dishes every time you see him? Well, because this is to, one job. To race point earlier, they didn't hire like you know any kitchen people yeah. for the background. Why, why is he the only one doing dishes? He doesn't like you see like three or four scenes of him doing dishes. It's like I, maybe maybe he likes it. I don't know. Yes. He's the only one that you ever see do chores. By the way, you That's see him true. doing his laundry earlier on. You see him doing the dishes multiple times. Nobody else does squat. That's true. I think you see him cooking too at one point, if I remember right. But yeah, he's his character. So, and at the end, he's naked too. So, I just want to point out this movie has a lot of implied underage nudity. You know, it's even funnier <laughs> now that you bring that up about the like him being the one to do chores. Didn't they say that he comes from like a super rich family? Yes. So, he's the least likely one to know how to cook, clean, and do chores and do laundry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. But so he's the weird. only one who does it. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that he just throws away his clothes. Yeah, I did, I did think <laughs> like, that was funny. That was yeah, funny. That was good character building, but it didn't really go anywhere. Unfortunately. I just felt like he didn't want to tell anybody his story. So if he's busy all the time, then he never has to talk to anybody. I did like the scene with him in the pool. Yeah, that was that was probably the closest the movie ever got to like pure horror. Mm -hmm. that was and uh, it was a really cool scene. So like I'd be more inclined to watch something from this guy if he did a full horror movie. Yeah, because of the things that he did in this movie that were successful, even though they didn't really fit the, the total like theme of the movie. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was a really good scene. It kind of brought me back to like some older style stuff. And it was it was well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, we didn't really talk. Let's see, we talked about everybody, I guess. It's the whole cast. I mean, Danny's the main character, of course. Well, there's only I, six characters or something in the whole movie. So, other than her dad in the very beginning, Adam Beach exists only to kill off in like the beginning <laughs> of films. That poor man doesn't do anything but die on screen anymore. Yeah. Uh, Dan Danny was. Ray pointed out, I mean, she she was probably the weakest character in the film. She wasn't bad enough to bother me, but like, yeah, she compared to like the rest of the like mutant people, she was not great. But she has to carry most of the story. Which, is, that is a tough sell. Yeah, she's not a great actress. That was her first major production. Mm -hmm. She's done stuff since then, you know, uh, but this was her first big thing. So not only is it her first role in a film, it's for a superhero flick an X-Men flick and she's like the Lee linchpin character. Right. Probably but I mean, not. To, this is a, she, like the character is a native American character. Yes. So finding a native American girl in that age range is that that's acting is probably, I don't know when you, when you have to be that specific, 
There's probably and, not a lot of options. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a casting director or anything, but. To Josh Boone's credit, the, him and the casting group made sure to keep the characters diverse and in line with their origins. And so I do appreciate that they did that. And that's partly why you have a lot of unknowns and you don't have any recognizable actors for the most part. Um, well, I mean, all of them now have done sure. other stuff and all of them to me, except for Blue, is now recognizable. Yeah. You know, and that's that's totally true. Yeah. But like going into it, Macy was really the only one of the five kids who had. Well, yeah, when they were cast for sure. I mean, like going into when was this movie supposed to come out? 2017? 2018. It was filmed in 2017. If it had come out in 2018, then like this would have been super relevant. You had the hottest star from Game of Thrones. You had a a hot and up and coming star from uh, stranger things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have these, these character people at the time were big, big names, but really Maisie hasn't done much since then that I've seen at least. And uh, the, the other dude hasn't done much other than the stranger things that I've seen. So, you know, they, they, their popularity has waned now. And I don't think Disney cared at this point, but you could definitely tell that this was supposed to come out at a different time. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were great in the movies, so it's not saying anything about them, you know, and their acting ability. It's just their popularity at the time. Yeah, I, th- I think like the writing and the budget were the two big issues here, because I think the concept for the story is good. And I think the actors did as good as they could with what they were given, but it was just not well executed across the board. I think that's really the issue here, because it's sense. still like. The concept is a, is is intriguing. If someone pitched this movie to me, I would want to see it. You know, absolutely. That's that's what I'm saying. Like the whole idea of the movie was better than the actual movie was. Mm-hmm. Dude, even throughout the movie, I was like, this could have been really cool, man. They yeah. really like could have done something with this. And to Rachel's point, talking about how these, you know, there were spinoffs that could, would have been great with that villain group you were talking about. Uh, you know, the and purifiers, like yeah. yeah. The things like that there was a lot of places they could have gone with this and that would have led to something possibly even cooler than the x-men universe uh because this is a little darker you know and for somebody like me who likes that kind of you know kind of darker more magic stuff in comics that would have been really appealing but mm-hmm. yeah it was unfortunate that it ended this way yeah the purifiers and uh mr sinister and his laboratory like both of those would have been just incredibly badass and uh frightening like he they're scary things there's no way that they do those with a a soft touch that's just not it's not doing the stories justice Mm -hmm. yeah well and then you know with dr rias and chat brought this up too like because she's the only adult literally that that is at this place um you know there's a lot of questions about like why is she doing this why does she care who is she why does she have no help um you know who is she reporting to and why should we care like some of us know what essex means because of the comics or because of the cartoon or what have you but if you take the movie on its own in the x-men universe why should you care yeah she's literally working a 24 7 365 job by herself mm-hmm. with five super powered kids who can't have really all control killed their power. people whether on purpose or and uh, tried to kill people Ileana tried to kill what's the 
the girl's name the new the main girl oh danny danny yeah, yeah. she tried to straight up murder danny like chopper in half mm-hmm. in the movie so but most you know, of these people have killed people by accident because they can't control their powers and you're not gonna have this have any backup for this woman but then you have this one that kills people you know not on accident so it's just crazy to me like you don't have no no orderlies to maybe tie a kid down if they start going crazy you don't even have somebody cutting the grass no you don't have trank guns like get some tranquilizer <laughs> guns in there at least so you can you know <laughs> pop them off with one and that's not just a hospital like that's a full-on little campus mm-hmm. like there's plenty of places they could have hid themselves or you know vandalized and yeah essex clearly has resources yeah right and like because she's on her own i think they could have done some more interesting things with it because all of the stuff she does to like unlock the doors and things of that nature it's all voice activated so I don't know, make up a mutant who's there then who can control technology in some way. And maybe they can get into that system and start messing with her or something. Or a mutant that just does really good impressions. Sure. Yeah, there you go. Like, I just, <laughs> and then it can use her voice. Like, I think they just, they, they looked at this and like, well, there's one adult and we can't do anything about it. And then just moved on. And that there's so much they could have played with there. Yeah. But it was, but here's, did the movie seem super short to you guys? It was a on little. the shorter side, yeah. Because, I mean, you could have, I feel like with another 20 or 30 minutes of footage, really fleshed stuff out a lot more and made it much deeper and richer than what it was. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even worse that it was so short because you know they could have added more. I agree. And I think they could have done that even at the beginning by introducing us to Danny's life first before everything goes to hell because you know the movie begins and ends with that quote and i'm never really a fan of of that i'm not saying it's never worked for me but it usually doesn't and you know you you just begin with everything's gone to hell and i think it would have been cool to see her with her dad with her family with her life kind of paint a picture of who she is first and you could have done that with all of these people you know you don't have yeah you get to see them in flashbacks a bit or something yeah, because the only thing we get to see is the nightmare of why they're there. That's all we get from these people. And I would have liked more, right? Like, okay, so Sam's working in the mines with his dad, but why? What is their town like? What is their home life like? Why Why was he forced to work in the mines? Is it because they were poor? Is it because there was nothing else available where they lived? Like, what? What was that? The problem is that, like, I know so much from the comics, and yeah, it's because they're poor. It's because the Guthries have, like, seven children. They're all mutants, and uh, it, it they Sam's the oldest, so he needs to work, like, right away. But they don't say that, and it's valid storytelling that could easily give the movie a much better experience a richer experience Mm -hmm. you could have shown roberto and his mansion you know and and you know build on to you know the the wealth that he has and maybe show who his girlfriend was and you know things like that you can build up these character backgrounds it doesn't take long give them each five minutes but instead we got two very long and not so subtle clips of buffy the vampire slayer which (laughs) i love me some sarah michelle geller but it's just kind of tacky to use anything but you also hate you yeah you also hate you some joss whedon so yeah i mean that's certainly fair and i just i don't know i also am not usually a fan of it depends on the tone but having something 
where you're, where their characters are watching a thing that's about to happen in their own movie, unless it's done in, in more of a comedic way. I don't really care for that. It was so on the nose and yeah. not subtle at all. And I was just like, it insulted my intelligence and I was very upset by it. It took me out of the experience very heavily. Yep. But I mean, I must have just been Dr. Riaz. Like, that's just the only show she watches. That's her favorite show. And she's a Buffy fan. You know what? <laughs> Fucking say that. <laughs> right? Like, she has no background either. We know nothing about her as a human being, other than I guess her mom was a vet who had to put down a dog once. And we don't even know if that's a true story. <laughs> right? Like, give me something. Do you like music? Do you like Buffy? Is that <laughs> why like there, there's Buffy? Like, these characters, just none of them are realized. Yeah. And they could. The, the movie is short enough and the cast is small enough where you could have done that. Yeah. You know, even something as simple as like her office having something personal to it, a mug with a funny saying on it or a picture or anything at all to make it seem like she existed before the movie started. Yeah. Agreed. Hey, uh, we didn't take a break at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We just went straight through it this week. No big deal. Is there anything else? I mean, I feel like we've kind of hit, I think we've hit everything, but is there yeah. anything else? I think this cast and this movie uh, deserved better, but it's not going to get it. It's still like you had a good idea and you couldn't execute it. So now, you know, screw you. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, then that's the note we're going to end it on. This is it. Like, this is the end. As far as we know, this is the end of the 20th Century Fox X-Men universe. 13 films. And this is what they ended on, which is a little sad. Uh, when you think about something. At least had... it wasn't Dark Phoenix that they ended on. <laughs> at least it wasn't Dark Phoenix. That's true. Maybe all of them will come back as part of the Boner family. There you go. I will say this. I mentioned this to Ray after we watched it, but I would definitely still rather watch New Mutants again than either Apocalypse or Dark Phoenix. I think yeah, so I agree with that. Too. Yeah. Um, I have not seen Origins Wolverine, so I can't say. That's the only one like, that I haven't seen. So. It wasn't a good movie, but there were some fun moments of like action and quips and stuff. So uh, I think... I would rather watch Origins than Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Yes, I would. Neither of those movies were fun. <sighs> yeah, they were brutal, especially like Dark Phoenix was just there were some very cringy, uncomfortable moments that I just, yeah, I'm done. And nobody so, cares anymore. <laughs> right. When your own characters in the movie know that the audience doesn't care anymore, that's a bad sign. Um but yeah, You're so always that, sorry. It. There's always a speech and There's no one cares anymore. I'm like, oh my God, that's the entire X-Men franchise God. wrapped up in one line. Thank you so much for playing yourself. I mean, that's part of why like Logan and the Deadpool movies, you know, and even this one like are ranked higher than some of the others because you didn't have the repetitive uh, Professor X Magneto bullshit. Yeah. Just over and over again. We get it. They're really in love with each other. Like, 
like Magneto is just a good guy who's a bad guy who's sometimes a good guy but is usually a bad guy sometimes after what they're in like 10 of the 13 movies or something like that the only excuse is that they're in love with each other like that's (laughs) there's no other reason for them to talk and be around each other for over four decades like it's just they're in love that's it it's fair And that's it. That's it. That's what we're going to end on. So we hope you enjoyed our episode. Next week, we are going to be covering Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which is releasing on Netflix and also in some theaters, uh, depending on how you like to view it. So we're going zombies next week. It's gotten really good reviews. I'm actually kind of pumped. Awesome. I'm looking forward to talking about some of the technical stuff behind it. There's some neat things coming up. So I I hope that it's good and that I will be happy talking about those things and not disappointed. But we, of course, are the Screen Heroes podcast. You can find us at screen-heroes.com, all of our social media links. Please join the Screen Heroes podcast forum on Facebook. It is our group. We post memes and polls and news and tournaments and lots of fun stuff. So come talk nerdy TV and movie things with us. You can find me at the Star Trek Dude on Twitter. Ryan, where can people find you? At Buster Props. And Ray, what about you? I am also the star trek dude no uh i'm siren ray awesome well thank you everybody we will be back next week catch you next time Do 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 do